Again, we are so grateful that Matt is with us. Um, I'm not sure how long ago it was that I met them, but I am so committed to what they're doing that I've said, Matt, when you guys are traveling and you're going to a particular part of the country, you let me know, and if I know some friends in that area that need to have you in their church, I'm going to give them a call, and I'm going to sort of run interference and say, you've got to have Adams Road in your church. And uh, we've been blessed to help them out in that regard. But Matt, thank you again for coming. We love you in the Lord. God bless you as your minister. Can you guys hear me? Oh, there we are. As yes, I thank God for Pastor Doug. It is so true. He's been one of the biggest supporters and partners of our ministry. You guys have been as a church. And he has probably scheduled more events for our ministry than any other one person. So it's incredible the, the fellowship and the partnership we have in Christ and the love we have for you guys specifically. Now, if you guys don't know, as he mentioned, my name is Matt Wilder. I'm with Adams Road Piano. This is a branch of the Christian ministry, Adams Road. We just have hearts for testifying to the gospel of the grace of God and really emphasizing the power and the significance of God's word in transforming lives. One of the other things we do, we have a heart for giving uh, ministry materials away for free. We received freely, and so we give freely. In fact, we want to give away something today, some DVDs. If you'll look under your chairs now, you'll be able to see that there's nothing there. Okay. <laughs> They're in the back, and feel free to grab those anytime. Now... <laughs> Now, I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, the spoken word. Jesus says, the words that I have spoken are spirit and life. I hope you guys will just be refreshed and encouraged and blessed through this. If, however, at any time you need to get up and stretch, do some somersaults or go use the restroom, feel free to move around. This is just a time of worship and fellowship and the love and joy and the peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So with that said, let's get started. And I'm going to be a little bit conservative today, so we're going to put the lid on just to make sure that the, the Word of God is clearly heard as I narrate it and also score it through piano music. Jesus says in John 6:35, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Today we'll be going on a journey through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through the first six chapters of the gospel of John. The apostle John, in his gospel account, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, majestically introduces Jesus as the Word who is God, as the true light, the only Son from the Father and the only God who is at the Father's side. John teaches here in chapter 1 that Jesus came into this world revealing His glory that we might believe in Him and become children of God. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. Anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him was not the light, 
but came to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness and cried out, This was he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. After introducing our great God and Savior in this introductory passage, a hymn to the Word, the Apostle John then introduces John the Baptist's testimony of Jesus was the first to testify to him. Now during the ministry of John the Baptist, the Jewish Pharisees had sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to John who was baptizing in the Judean wilderness to ask of him who he was. And this was John's reply. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So they said to him, Then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John said to them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. On the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, 
I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. On the next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Jesus answered them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where Jesus was staying and stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, Behold, you are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. On the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. There he called Philip and Nathanael, who also believed and followed him. And Jesus said to Nathanael, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. While in Galilee, Jesus attended a Jewish wedding where he turned water into wine because the wine had run out. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. This Jesus went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. And they stayed there for a few days. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he drove out the money changers and overturned their tables. And he said to them, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. 
He spoke about the temple of his body, but they did not understand. Now when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name because of the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man. For he himself knew what was in man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned.
Whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But everyone who does what is true comes to the light that it may be clearly shown that his works have been carried out in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside. And he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salem, because water was plentiful there and people were coming and being baptized. And John the Baptist had said concerning Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. John the Baptist also taught, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the tenth hour, the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. woman said to him, Sir, the well is deep, and you have nothing to draw water with. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, 
everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this drink always, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Let us all drink from the water that Jesus offers and never thirst again. After the woman had asked Jesus for a drink, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The Samaritan woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews.
hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, his disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has someone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when they came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed in him because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. After the two days, Jesus departed again for Galilee. For he himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. 
So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. While in Galilee, Jesus healed an official's son. The man had come to him and said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed that the word, the man believed the word that Jesus had spoke to him and went on his way. Now his son was healed that very hour. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. On the Sabbath, he healed an invalid of 38 years. So the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. life in himself, 
so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life. who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent a John and he is born witness to the truth. Not that I've received the testimony that is from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory that comes from one another, and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father, there is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how can you believe my words? Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. 
Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who uh, has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said to them, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they had wanted. After they had eaten their fill, Jesus told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Now, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when they saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What work must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? 
Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus answered them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. 
For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? And what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord Jesus, many of us here today have indeed believed and have come to know that you are truly the Holy One of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the Word of God that was made flesh and dwelt among us, the true light, the only Son from the Father, the only God who was at the Father's side. Jesus, you are our righteousness. You are the wisdom of God, and you are our salvation. And we thank you for who you are and what you've done. Amen. The gospel is the power of God and a salvation for everyone who believes. Salvation. Eternal life is to be received as a free gift through faith in Jesus Christ, his death for our sins, and his resurrection. Eternal life is to know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. God loves us. He wants to have a relationship with us, and he pursues us. Jesus taught this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Can there be any greater privilege than this, to be called children of God? Working together with Christ, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, 
In a favorable time, I have listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The gospel, the good news according to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The gospel, the good news according to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 10. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on his name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Last song here. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people 
training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus and received the free gift of eternal life through faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, today can be the day of your salvation. Today you can be born again in spirit. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. He has the power to forgive us our sins and grant us eternal life. Jesus invites us. He says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. God's word assures us that if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. God's word also assures us that it's God's will that all should be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, that none should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And with that in mind, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer with me and to believe in your heart the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve death and hell. I have sinned against you, who are holy, righteous, and just. Lord, your word also teaches, though, that you are loving, kind, merciful, gracious, and patient, and that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus, 
to live a perfect life here on this earth. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins in accordance with the scriptures, were buried and rose from the dead on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And so I call upon your name now, Jesus, and I ask you to forgive me for my sins and grant me the free gift of eternal life. I receive now by faith the free gift of salvation, and I trade my sin, Jesus, for the free gift of your righteousness. I also ask, Father, that you would send your Holy Spirit now to come dwell in me and to reign over my life, that together we might live the life that you've called me to live in glorifying your name. Thank you, God, for saving me. Today is the day of my salvation. Today I am born again in spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If anyone received Jesus Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, we rejoice in that. We praise God for that, and we welcome you to the family of God. You now have eternal life. And I'd encourage you after the service to go find Pastor Doug or someone around you and just confess with your mouth that Jesus is now your Lord. If we're in Christ truly, it means that the old has passed away and the new has come. It also means that we've turned from trusting in ourselves and we've put all of our trust, hope, and faith in Christ alone for our salvation through his death for our sins and his resurrection. And for those of us who are in Christ, we are called to also turn from the sin and the dead works of our former lives that we might face Jesus and serve the living God. Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Let us abide in Jesus and so bear fruit to the praise of his name. Let us abide in his love, joy, and peace, and in all of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let us abide in his word, and so be sanctified in the truth. And let us abide in his great commandment to go out into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. Let our eyes look directly forward, and our gaze be straight before us. Let us look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Let us look forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And let us long for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, I just want to close out by briefly sharing my testimony of Jesus and letting you guys know how God drew me out of a false religion into a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ. I grew up in a religious system that taught me, for by grace you have been saved, after all you can do. This caused me to have a guilty conscience before God. I never knew whether I had done enough. I never had an assurance that I was saved. And so I worked really hard to try to appease the God of this religion I followed. And when I was 19, I literally traveled land and sea to try to gain converts to, to the Mormon church. I went to Denmark for two years. I learned that language. I went on the streets and tried to convince the Danish people that the only way they could have eternal life was to join this institution. And I remember one day a Christian woman listening to my message graciously and patiently and then asking me a simple question that convicted me, pierced me to the heart. She asked, why can't what Jesus did on the cross be enough for you. 
The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it, it is the power of God and salvation to those who believe. And I've come to know that now. And God drew me into this personal and saving relationship by first revealing my sin, making me realize that I was not good and that I could not earn his favor through any works, the works of this particular religious system or anything that I was doing, but I needed to recognize my sin and approach God in humility. I remember hearing the song Amazing Grace and just wanting to have this this relationship with Jesus, wanting to be able to proclaim that I knew the grace of God and that I was saved. Well, my younger brother, Micah, uh, he was a Mormon missionary, and he served in Florida. And after my two-year Mormon mission trip in Denmark, I was back at Brigham Young University studying. When my younger brother, Micah, got saved, he began reading the Bible as a Mormon missionary, and God opened his eyes to the truth, and he made a profession of his born-again belief in Jesus in front of a bunch of Mormon missionaries and got sent home early from his mission. (laughs) And then he had the chance to testify and witness to me about this saving relationship he had with Jesus, that he knew his salvation was secure in Christ alone, independent of the Mormon religion. And he also issued a challenge. He told me to read the Bible as a, ch- as a child. I want to go back to that verse I read at the beginning of this service when Jesus said, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. That is so true. And I've come to experience and know the grace of God through the power of his transforming word through hearing it, through reading it, through believing it. Because Jesus' word is spirit and is life. I remember particularly reading in Hebrews chapter 9 about the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from my sin. Remember I mentioned how I had this guilty conscience. I never had an assurance. I feared the judgment of God. But here I was reading about the old covenant and that according to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices were offered that could never perfect the conscience of the worshiper. But it was a type of Christ. And it says in verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So God was helping me realize that I needed to turn from the dead works of this religious system that I was putting all of my trust and faith and hope in for salvation and face Jesus and believe the simple and good news that he indeed died for my sins in accordance with the scriptures, was buried and rose from the dead on the third day. As it says in Hebrews 10, 14, by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. It goes on to say, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, we're encouraged. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. My heart was sprinkled clean from that evil conscience through the blood of Jesus when I heard the word of truth and believed the gospel of my salvation. And it has forever changed me. Now I can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I have an assurance that I'm saved, and most importantly, I have a relationship with Jesus. He has become my first love and my treasure. And I praise God and thank him every day for the work of the cross. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this gift of grace. None of us does, but he offers it freely because of his great love for us. When I got saved, I was... I was a student at BYU. I was entering my senior year, and I was trying to finish a degree in piano performance. I also started sharing this 
with my girlfriend. She was Mormon, and by the grace of God, she too came into a personal and saving relationship with Jesus over time, and we ended up getting married. We've been married now for 14 years almost, and she's a huge support in ministry. I love her so much. Yeah, I praise God for my wife. She wanted to be here so much. We actually got plane tickets for my wife and daughter to be here this morning. Something happened. My dear wife's grandfather just had a a very severe heart attack and is just on the edge of life and death right now. He's LDS, but he's he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in anything. And so prayers would be much appreciated. This could be his last chance to hear the good news and receive him. And we want so much more than anything else for him to know Jesus and to receive that. And I, I just think about the thief on the cross. I think about us as sinners, you know. We could die at any instant, but there's nothing we can do to prove our worthiness to God. Jesus has demonstrated that for love for us in his death. And so just as that man on the cross beside Jesus said, we deserve this, but you don't deserve this. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That would be my hope and my prayer for that man, that he would come to realize that God does exist, that he is the creator of all things, and that he loves him personally, and that Jesus indeed died for him. With that said, I want to turn the time back over to Pastor Doug, and again, I thank you guys for allowing me to be here and minister with you. You know, there's not a lot that I can add other than the fact that if it's possible that there's still confusion in your mind as to how to become a Christian. You could give us no greater joy than to talk to us further. If you make that decision to trust Christ at the Information Center, we have a little book we'd love for you to receive as our gift to you. It's called How to Begin the Christian Life. Maybe you're still in the process. Take this book. It'll answer many of your questions. And please, please, we're here to help. And we want to make sure that you have that joy that Matt has come to understand. And the vast majority of us in this room have come to understand that Jesus loves us. He came and he died on the cross, made a full and complete payment for our sins. And with his death and resurrection, he offers to any and all who will believe eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed with prayer. I'm going to ask Matt to make his way back to the table there, if you wouldn't mind. And then as you leave, if you would like to help in a love offering towards Matt and his ministry, we would encourage you to do so. Father, after such a profound and yet simple presentation of the gospel, It is almost inconceivable that somebody could leave here still in a state of confusion. And yet we know that because there is an evil one out there who blinds the sight of the lost, who hardens the heart of the unbeliever, who stops the ears from hearing, we pray that God the Holy Spirit would work in the heart of anyone here without Jesus. And that, Father, they would come to believe in him this morning. We ask that you would give them no rest until they rest in you. And for those of us who have come to trust Christ as our Savior, we ask that you would help us to go out into the world and to be the salt and the light that you've called and challenged us to be. We ask now that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of God's Spirit would be with us each 
as we go now out into a world that desperately needs the message of God's grace and love. And we pray as God's people towards that end in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for coming and God bless.